0: One, two, three,
1: four. You are listening to Skylit the skylight books podcast skylight books is a general interest bookstore in the los Feliz neighborhood in los angeles you can shop with us from 10 a.m to 10 p.m or visit us online 24 7 at skylightbooks.com follow along at skylight books instagram and twitter you can subscribe to the podcast on podbean itunes and spotify thank you for listening and now on to the episode Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Skylight Books podcast. I'm your host, Mike Jeffrey. Skylight Books is an independent bookstore located in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. We're open every day from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. and asking that all customers wear masks inside the store regardless of vaccination status. We also offer online shopping and curbside pickup through our website, skylightbooks.com, and you can check out our upcoming events on our Crowdcast page, crowdcast.io backslash skylightbooks. It's my pleasure to be joined by Mariam Ramani and Justin Torres today to discuss Mariam's translation of In Case of Emergency by Masa Moheb Ali. Ramani is a writer, translator, and scholar. Her fiction has appeared in Gulf Coast, her translations in Columbia Journal and After Cinema, Fictions from a Collective Memory, and her nonfiction writing in Bomb Magazine, the Los Angeles Review of Books, and The Rumpus. She is the recipient of a 2018 Penheim Translation Grant and U.S. Fulbright Research Award. She's currently working on a debut novel. Justin Torres has published short fiction in The New Yorker, Harper's Granta, Tin House, The Washington Post, Glimmer, uh, Glimmer Train, and other publications, as well as nonfiction pieces and publications like The Guardian and The Advocate. A graduate of the Iowa Writers' Workshop, Justin's novel, We the Animals, has been translated into 15 languages and was recently adapted into a film. He lives in Los Angeles, where he's an assistant professor of English at UCLA. How are you two today?
0: Great, thank you. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to have you both here. I hope uh, the conversation will be better than okay for you, Justin. <laughs> um, I'm
2: sure it will be. It'll cheer me up.
1: Okay, that's good. Um, and Miriam, do you have something to read from um, your translation?
0: Yes um so there is an excerpt due with n plus one's fall issue and i thought i would just read you know page and a half or so from that um so this is kind of in the middle of the novel i open my eyes the colonel stares back at me like a head mounted on the wall an abstract painting Blood streams from the old man's throat down onto Paravin's Che Guevara poster and over the star on Che's forehead, where it gets lost in the black shadows on his face to reemerge out of Che's left nostril. The colonel's thick red blood streams out Che's nose freakishly fast into a palm-sized pool of blood on the carpet. Oh, Paravin, if only you were here to offer a few lines in honor of this epic neighbor of yours. Who knows? Half of Tehran is probably already dead due to such innocent circumstances as a slip of a cane while spying on one's tenants.
1: Miriam, I, I was curious about this. Um, I thought your translator's note was really interesting, and I wonder if you could tell, like, the listeners here, like, why this book was so controversial and difficult to publish in Iran.
0: Yes. Um, so the book is very crass. I mean, this particular excerpt. Uh, is not representative in that sense, but it it goes between the lyricism that we just heard and um, almost kind of like hyper-realist dialogue uh, among outcasts, basically. Um, you know, drug addicts, uh, kind of youth culture, to use a really lame term, um people who don't belong in the confines of mainstream society and respectability and the narrator um you know is is the lens through which we see the world shadi she's very wealthy and so on the one hand has this privilege of being able to kind of like float through this city um without being in danger, uh, you know, in the way that a lot of people she passes are. Um, But on the other hand, she definitely doesn't fit in. So that's kind of the, you know, the body and and the voice through which we see contemporary Tehran. Um, And I talk in the translator's note about using the word fuck in translation, um, because the in, the in the original, when it was published in Tehran, um, it was extremely crass for what's allowed to be published in Tehran, uh, but it probably would, you know, there were certain words that were just kind of like push-button things that were taken out, um, and so... The Mahsa and I actually had this conversation about whether to use the word fuck in English, kind of seeing that as this like limit of irrespectability. And should Shadi be using that word in English, or should she kind of be hedging a little bit um and finding ways around it in in the way that on occasion the Farsi does? And we decided that there was no one, there was a no reason to censor her in English in the way that she had been in the Farsi. And two, as a translator, I felt that um, a lot of what we translate is, is context, right? And so in the Iranian context, the shit she does say is so extreme and you know not seen on the page and definitely um, not really in the literary context that uh, even putting words like motherfucker in the translated text falls short of recreating that experience and that shock for the anglophone reader
1: yeah i think i think it was just interesting for me, like you know with shows like Euphoria that are like mainstream in the United States with like teenagers misbehaving badly, I think it's sort of hard to initially like understand like how radical this could be for the audience that it was originally written for, and it seems like such a challenge of getting that across in translation to an Anglophone reader and,
2: and and the translator now also the kind of um, the powers that be kind of changed their mind about the text as well, right? It wasn't, it was, it was released mm-hmm. and it was kind of pulled back and then uh, there was a kind of dance around. There. And then
0: out again, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's, it's not really this streamlined process. Like I think in the US we think of censorship as a done deal or um, this really codified, uh, clean bureaucratic process. And that's often not the case. I mean, actually, even in, in the States, but um, definitely in a place like Iran, there is this kind of dance around it, right? And so this text uh, was published and it was on the shelves. I did, you know, in, in translating the text, I used a copy that I had myself purchased, um, pre- Precisely in order to translate what was out there for the Iranian public. It's not like I got some privileged, you know, draft text from Masser or something. Um, and the and then it was taken off the shelves and it was put back on. And you know, there's this kind of like off and on thing. Um so yeah, that that's the history and was it an encounter
2: that. with the text when just buying it at a bookstore? Or did you know Moss? Just
0: buying it at a bookstore. No, yeah. I didn't I bought this book years ago. I mean it was 2013 probably, um, if not before, maybe 2012. So yeah, I I was living in Dubai. Um, I was on a trip to just kind of, you know, be in Iran, see some family, see some art. And bought this on a recommendation from a cousin and then and you got in
2: contact with Massa? and you were like i want to translate this book.
0: years and years later yeah wow. yeah so i held on the book i like i traveled with it i moved um from dubai to new york from new york to la to do the phd um and you know i think a lot of us have this experience of like carrying around these books we don't read mm-hmm. and but then we also don't want to get rid of them. So so then the time came for me to read the book. um, And it was in the course of my uh, PhD studies, Uh, a professor I was doing an independent study with put it on my list. And it actually ended up being part of my exams list for like my candidacy exams and everything. And um, yeah, I read the book and I fell in love with it. And it was this, kind of crazy experience of like wondering why I hadn't you know read it all these years I was like toting it around the world um but but yeah and I didn't want to translate it.
2: did you have faith in your ability to translate at that point because you you weren't a translator no I
0: didn't no no I looked up I was like this is crazy people should read this book because it's just not really what's Represented as Iranian literature, um, and
2: she's like gender queer, and it's just' it's a, it's a wild, wild rock book, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And we can talk about the queerness in a minute too, um, but you know it 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 really was just like this riot of a book, and it's so short and it packs such a strong punch. um and so. I looked it up, expecting to find the English version, and just being like, it, you know, it would be interesting to see what somebody did with this in English, um, because it's so much steeped in like slang and vernacular, and and it it wasn't there, and I was really surprised. And I found um, some versions in Pian languages, and then just moved on. You know, but I kept thinking about it, and I kept talking about it. And finally, I was at a like literary barbecue and was talking to someone about it who just was like, "Well, why don't you just do it yourself? If you really think people need to read this book, why don't you try translating it?" And I tried a test chapter just to see if I even felt like I could do it, if I wanted to do it. Um, and I was surprised that I I really liked it because I had never, in a theoretical sense, been interested in translation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really yeah, and then
2: it's really well translated. I mean, I think the reason the book is is being reviewed so well is because it's the immediacy is there. It's very kind of visceral and it, it punches you.
1: I would, yeah, I was kind of stunned by that. Like, normally I feel like when I read translations so often, it'll feel like this detached third person style of narration. It feels rare to read a first person narrator with such personality and knowing that it's been moved between languages. I thought was so impressive. Um, and I'm curious, did you, so did you translate it all in spec or did you like reach out to the feminist press with your test chapter or?
0: Yeah, it was. Long process, um, you know. So I think that I really had the privilege of working with an author who believes in translation and has confidence in translation. Um, so uh, you know, the first step was just getting authorization to even pitch it, you know. So through, I kind of tracked Massa down. Um, we skyped about it. Uh, I got her permission to. Um, try to bring it into English. And then it was a years long process. I mean, I think that I got the contract from Feminist Press two years after that, um, maybe three even. Um, And yeah, it, you know, I had the test chapter um, I started kind of weekly well I guess I didn't shop it around I actually first I started just asking around like how do people manage to make this happen and uh, a friend of a friend recommended that I apply for a Penn grant and kind of use that as my calling card as a first time translator and so that was my first step and i was lucky enough to get the grant and that definitely helped in placing it um but it it really did take a long time there's a kind of reluctance to publish translation from farsi outside of an academic press it's not that it doesn't happen but there's just this barrier of entry where like you know it's a little opaque people don't really know what contemporary Iran looks like it's not a place that um even an intellectual educated American has been or traveled or like feels like they have a relationship to and so um I was getting a lot of interest but no follow through um and and there was the very reasonable thing of like, how do people know whether to trust me? Because this is a first time translation and a relatively difficult text to get the tone right, you know, Um, yeah. And then it was really only like a year and a half later that feminist press ended up coming through. Um, And at that point, actually the translation was agented. So I personally did you know, didn't find feminist press, I was kind of lucky enough to um, but I had had conversations. It was like you know being shopped around like independent presses, a lot of which like I myself had initiated the conversations with, and then um, this worked out, and it was just the perfect home for it. so: I want
2: to dumble back know. on something that you just said because I feel like it, we moved past it a little quickly, which is just that. There are, there's either a kind of black hole around what people know or think of Tehran and Iran in general, or there's weird received impressions that are probably wildly inaccurate because people, people just don't know and they're just getting whatever information. And what, and what I think this book is so fascinating about this book is it's, it's, it travels all over Tehran, right? Like it's, it's a journey through Tehran mm-hmm. But it's a destroyed, <laughs> and Perfect. so it's, you're both getting these glimpses, and you're and it's and you're not at the same time. Um, yeah, I don't know if you anything to add to that.
0: Yeah, I think um, you know it's definitely not like a guidebook to Tehran or something. But for me, as someone who who lives in LA, it like it's a really interesting. Book in that sense, right? I mean, on the one hand, okay, LA has this huge kind of diaspora community of Iranians, but more so than that, it's like this city itself is similar in the sense, you know, they're both. uh, There's no ocean right next to Tehran, but like there, there's a mountainscape. There's a sprawling city that you need a car to get around. It's smog ridden, and most importantly, everybody's waiting for the big one, right? And there's this kind of threat of natural disaster that looms over the city um, and literally is kind of bubbling under our feet every day. And so, the premise of the book is taking that seriously, and like it happens, like the big one hits Tehran. And what happens to that, like in that moment, kind of what does that rupture allow? Mm -hmm. And so there's this, it's like this kind of extreme cynicism where that turns into a moment of possibility um, in which there's also an opportunity for, people to rise up like that you know there's a whole chapter kind of devoted to these riots and and different parts of the city that are being taken over um, by these like alt subculture groups and miscasts and outcasts and um and so the i i think it it felt like the right um thing to try to translate because On the one hand, Iran is this black hole, but then on the other hand, I felt like there were so many resonances actually, Um, and and even culturally, like the types of um, problems and social problems that are confronted are are not strictly Iranian. You know, like the kind of depression that we see in the book. this sense of living in a time in which so many people are being left behind, and you know even in the u s we think of like um income disparity and the polarization that's happening there and um yeah, yeah, absolutely. it just it felt very like real and relatable, mm-hmm. yeah yeah but, I, oh, I was
2: thinking that too I was thinking so much of l a and 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 the kind of hierarchies and the structures and, and everything getting flattened right like like mm-hmm. in, in the quake and that what 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 i keep calling her masa like i know her what bali <laughs> does is 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 like she, like she she drives that metaphor um she extends that metaphor in such a wonderful way of moving around the city and showing yeah these possibilities when everything is literally flat when people are literally Kind of reduced to just surviving among the rubble, and and yeah nice. the ways in which the hierarchies persist and the ways in which <laughs> like immediately there's exactly
0: kind of
2: groupings and things that happen
1: yeah yeah i think my favorite part of this book is just the differing ways that people respond to crisis and how disparate those can be like arash the younger brother who's sort of just like lapping it up you know if this is sort of a good time yeah yeah shoot the it gun in the house time of yeah, yeah, and Bobak, who's like, you know, trying to hold his already sort of broken family together. Um, and just like that different attitude, instead of it being like this unified response to crisis, like people behave in different ways, and some people want to like bury their head in the sand or swallow 25 grams of opium.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to um, do an
2: earthquake literature class now, like like more common Like <laughs> yeah. and like this book and his emergency and yeah and an LA one yeah
0: that would be great
2: anyway sorry you had a question Mary Williams why does your name say Mary Williams
1: oh <laughs> uh, this is she's the manager of Skylight so it's like we we use the official account for <laughs>
2: sorry I cut no, you off
1: Mary no no <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well I was going to talk about because uh, we had you know, glanced over, like, the gender queerness of this book Mm -hmm. um, and the difficulty Mm -hmm. of that, like, particularly you mentioned in the translator's note, the moment with Ponytail, um, who refers to Shadi as a crisscrosser. And it it was one of those classic moments of, you're like, a careful reader will have noticed, and I did had not noticed that she was wearing the skull cap to pass. Um, But can you talk about, like, you know, the difference in... And the radicalness of like sort of Shadi being gender fluid in a place like Iran.
0: Yes. Um. So Shadi, whenever she, you know, we start the book with her at home, kind of dysfunctional family, and at the end of chapter two, when she's preparing to get out of the house, she puts a cap on instead of putting on a hijab legally, women in um, Iran, you know, have to cover their hair um, and most of their bodies outside in public. Uh, and so there, as an Iranian, like, immediately, you would notice this and be like, "Wow, well, that's pretty ballsy. Like, she's about to walk outside trying to pass, essentially, right? Um, So it's this kind of cross-dressing, male cross-dressing, as a protest against the public hijab laws. So um, we see this throughout the text, you know, because she visits various friends. uh, They're all as messed up as she is, some even more messed up than she is. And, uh, you know, there's this kind of movement of like in the house she you can do what she wants That it's clear that when she goes outside she's always putting the cap back on and uh on occasion when she'll have some sort of a run-in where there's a negotiation of this question like is she passing or is she not passing and at the end of the book um there's this really fraught moment and what she's interacting with a group of old men and like very concerned that her voice is too high and they're going to, um, you know, there's going to be like this confrontation and this moment of failure in a sense. Um, and, and, and she actually, she does pass. But so when I was at first, um, I thought that this posed a big translation problem. Because in you know the book is in the first person, um, but in in Farsi the third person pronoun is gender neutral. Um, There isn't there aren't like he she pronouns, and so um, I kind of had this issue of how do we talk about shadi? Do we like it seems weird to you they them pronouns because. That's also not really relevant to Farsi. I don't, you know, and um, just all of the politics around like using this kind of Western LGBTQ language on a globe, like just imposing it on this global South scene, as if that makes sense. And um, and then I had these conversations with Massa, in which um, she corrected me. And actually said that the issue isn't this like identitarian issue that in the way that we're used to thinking about, you know, LGBTQ stuff in the U.S. um, But that it's actually just a political statement. Um, And, you know, there is this whole phenomenon in Iran of Nayard Pushi in which women, cross-dress as men in public and fully identify as women but do it as a kind of political protest um and so and then of course like after my attention had been drawn to this the next time I was in Tehran I was like seeing these people all over just passing and like living their lives Um, but that said it's extremely risky Mm -hmm. you know um it's not an easy thing to do and so um the, the pronoun thing kind of fell out and like that wasn't a problem anymore and the problem became how do we think about this cross-dressing and this gender cross in a way that's not identitarian um, and is about the politics. Mm-hmm. So I drew attention to that and the translators note um, it's not something that really comes up within the text itself. but like if you have that tool, then I think you can read the text, knowing that that's what's going on um, as as she's going through the streets. Um, now, I will say, though, that I think it still like leaves a space for queerness. So even though we're not really talking about transness here explicitly, Um, the text is queer, you know? I mean, there are these erotic attachments um, that Shadi has to both, like, men and women characters. And there's not a lot of discussion of that and it doesn't seem to care. Like, the text itself is, is not playing the game of trying to draw attention to that but that's actually what is so um like freeing about it i think is that it takes for granted that the erotics are there that there's not an explicit negotiation or differentiation between these relationships so like we'll see it come up and her. Um, female friendships Um, I think that there's a real argument that she has a huge crush on like if not is actually in love with her friend Sara when you're reading that chapter seven it's just um, she's jealous of his boyfriend there's like all this um, explicit or unexplicit kind of stuff about like what Sara does or doesn't mean to her Um, and then there's the moment that you know where the question started, which is with this character ponytail, who's operating in the kind of opposite gender vector. So ponytail is a femme uh you know man, let's say. And and we can call him a man because there is this like dialogue around it. And um, there's he asks her whether she um uses the word this word on farsi which is just uh, a transliteration of the word transfer from english you know like imported into farsi and he asks her if she's some sort of transfer or something and um there I had real problems around like how to translate this word. So the, on the one hand, the issue is, um, it's pretty like diminutive and uh, lightly offensive, but it's not really of the rank of, um, you know, more explicitly like offensive words that we can think of in English to define. Um, for calling trans people. Um, And so I didn't want to one, recreate a violence on the page to actually like be overstating, you know, like not even recreate, but like create this violence on the page by using something, some word that's normally used in English Mm -hmm. um, to uh, a slur against trans people um and put that in the text it didn't really seem warranted on the other hand like he's not being respectful like at some point there was an edit where it was like well can we just use the word trans where he's asking her like what are you trans or something and it's like no because that's Gives him a lot of credit, it suggests that he is someone who, you know, respectfully is just like asking this question about her identification, and that's not the case at all. Um, and so, you know, the solution I ended up coming with was like similarly kind of doing a neologism that's a little bit weird, because also the Farsi is not a normal term. Like, you know, it's not like everybody has heard that term before. Um, And so I just came up with the term crisscrosser as a way to, like, transfer is a kind of a play that eventually gets at the word trans, um, but in a, like, slightly offensive and definitely ignorant way. Um, And then, with crisscrosser, it was like suggesting this kind of ignorance and um to, but taking it back to the word um you know like cross-dressing like thinking of a crossing um yeah it's a great so,
2: moment in the oh. book i think i think it, i think it when ponytail kind of confronts her or interrogates her or whatever i think it's it's a great moment of of getting at the many many layers of identity and the ways in which things are gendered without necessarily being about gender and all of that stuff. I think, um, I felt really tense reading the book, you know, in, in all of the kind of gendered interactions that she has knowing that she's passing and kind of moving through the world and, um, and making this political statement. And, and like there are, there are like immense parallels with, with trans, identity and then there are also these kind of departures as well which I think I think the book does a really great job and you in your translation did a really great job of capturing.
0: Yeah that was my hope is really like Justin is saying to on the one hand there are some real opportunities for like feeling a resonance but also not to have the translation equate right like this is a Context with its own history and its own struggles, and some of them are similar struggles in the U.S. and some of them are. Um, So hopefully, the book still like maintains a certain amount of friction, right? It it shouldn't just be like so easily digestible. Yeah,
1: Yeah. that feels like a good place to stop. Um, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Today's guests were Miriam Romani and Justin Torres. And we were talking about Miriam's translation of In Case of Emergency by Masa mohabali You can order that book at skylightbooks.com or come in and pick it up at this at the store. We'll have it on display as soon as it's published. Uh thanks again to my guests for joining me today.
2: Yeah, it's a great book. Go get it, whoever's listening to this podcast. <laughs>